3: You're listening to theater and college hoops. I'm Subi alongside me is Taylor Damel. We're brought to you by dash radios, nothing but net channel and the Barnburner burner podcast network. Go subscribe on whichever device you use your random college hooper of the week. This week is Corey Raji. If that name sounds familiar, uh, it should because that was the younger brother of defensive lineman B.J. Raji. Taylor actually just now joining us. Good timing. Taylor, do you remember the name Corey Raji?
0: Well, like you just said, how could you forget any Raji, really, after his performance, Uh B.J.'s performance uh with the Green Bay Packers? So, so yes, I do remember Corey Raji.
3: B.J. Raji kind of fell off the face of the earth. He was a pretty integral part. Wasn't he on the Super Bowl t- winning team?
0: Yeah, that was the year he had the the pick in the end zone with the against the Bears, the Raji dance. He pretty much – he didn't, like, retire. He took a sabbatical of sorts, uh, a term we'll use maybe later on in this program. He, like, self-imposed a year away from uh, football, and uh, he just never came back. And it really hurt the Packers for a number of years there. Well, so this is –
3: this is how we're going to intertwine everything. Obviously, we will be using self-imposed here in a matter of minutes. But sabbatical, the shark on sabbatical from BC, BJ Raji, Corey Raji both went to BC. The shark on sabbatical because Dwayne Haskins is a bum. The football team has lost two straight. So he literally, I mean, it's more than Dwayne Haskins gave a, a, more of a heads up, I should say, he get, than what Dwayne Haskins gave the football team.
0: Hold on, let's keep this going. AJ Dillon, Green Bay Packers, Boston College, The Quad Father, Quadzilla. It's all intertwined.
3: It is. And if we're gonna stick with the theme of Tucson, Arizona disappointment, uh, Kadeem Carey, him and Andre Williams head to head. Andre Williams, a BC running back. This is just this has gone off completely off the rails. Uh, but yeah, Corey Raji, random college hooper of the week. Check out the website at the barnburner.com. That's the barnburnercom and make sure to follow us on Twitter at CBB Theater. You should also follow me at suby 232 to find out where the feat is. And make sure to follow Taylor at Taylor Dammel. Let's open the curtains. Like we had alluded to, no shark today, but we do have a very special guest. I don't know if he was a day one listener, but at the very least, he's a supportive friend. Uh, we welcome in Ted Skrobach. Ted, how are you today, my friend?
2: I'm great. And s- supportive friend would be the uh, the the way to describe me as a listener to theater and college hoops. But I am happy to be here. And this is somewhat of a reunion now. What would you say? Ten years in the making—is that ten years? How long has it been now?
3: We're old. Ten years sounds about right.
2: Well, and and you know, for people that don't know us, you got to give them a little bit of the background of our radio slash podcast relationship.
3: Yeah, so a little bit of context for you. Ted is from Tucson, went to University of Arizona. Taylor and I know him from college, but Ted and I, we used to host a show, a radio show called Coast to Coast with Subi and Ted. It was a college radio sports show covering everything Arizona. Taylor would fill in relatively often whenever Ted. Yeah. Uh, uh,
0: okay. Hold on. Let me let me stop you. Yeah. <laughs> let me stop you. The show was called Coast to Coast with Subi and Ted. Ted showed up maybe a third of the time. To this,
2: early on, I was definitely a hundred percent. But some people got jobs. I started working for a local news affiliate there, the CBS affiliate, and uh, you know it was a little difficult to to get down sometimes. So uh, sometimes I would call in. Do you remember that? I would go walk out in the parking lot of the studio and uh, and call in just to give my two cents on on an issue like we're going to talk about today, but. Uh, But no, I mean, those were uh, those were grand times. And another little joke is that Suby continues to uh, text me when I'm getting riled up in our group thread and and says, let's pod about it. And uh, and I always say, yeah, I'm down. I'm down. But uh, I never actually follow through. So uh, just like college days. But finally, I'm here for a big day in sports. I mean, I just got to a
0: point where before you even texted me that you weren't going to show up on the show, I was already walking into the studio knowing that you weren't showing up that day.
2: I don't blame you. And I mean, that's great preparation on Dammel's part, I must say, because uh, I would say it could be a last second decision. I might be able to get in. But, uh, you know, I mean, this guy has always been prepared. Which
3: meant
0: that you weren't coming. And because, Sue, Sue, (laughs) what's the what's the best
3: ability? Availability and by the way, you can't, I can already tell here within the first minute or so of you speaking, theater goer, if you can't tell that Ted is has experience in media, just listen to the guy. No ums, no spaces, incredible cadence.
2: Yet, give me some time on here. Once I start getting frustrated about the discussion, I know we're about to jump into. There will be ums. There might be some language that you need to bleep out in post editing. Who knows what's going to happen on this show?
3: We don't bleep. Let it fly, Ted. But the reason we brought you on, and this was just about an hour prior to recording, on Tuesday, Arizona laid the hammer on itself. The University of Arizona basketball team has imposed a one-year postseason ban. Like I had mentioned, it bears repeating. Ted is probably, you are the most Tucson person we know. They call you T-Loke Ted. You have that emblazoned on uh, on your driver's license plate. Ted, initial thoughts on this once proud program now having a postseason band because you grew up everything Tucson. You grew up everything university of Arizona. You were there 97, obviously boots on the ground. You went to college there. Give us your initial thoughts here.
2: Well, I was showing Suby before we started recording the poster that's over my right shoulder behind me, which you can't really see right now, Taylor. I'm sorry, but let me describe it for the radio podcast audience. It's the scene when we won the national championship in 1997, a grand shot of the of the stadium, the greatest moment in Arizona sports history. How far we have fallen, and I don't mean by the way that they play and by the way that they advance or don't advance in a tournament. I just simply mean if you go back to the Lute Olson days, the the organization had such a reputation across the entire country. Um, again, even though it was only a one-time national championship winning coach. He did go to multiple final fours, which the current coach is not. And we can get into that whole fun in a little bit. One other thing I wanted to bring up in this fall from grace is there's been a lot of the comparison of Arizona basketball and Michigan football. I love that comparison. I really do. But there's one issue. Michigan football has won a half, hell of a lot more championships than Arizona has. So we can get into this further as well as we get going on, but I would say that I'm one of the born and raised Tucsonans, a Loke, as you mentioned. Unfortunately, I had to get a Colorado license plate because now I'm up in Colorado. Uh, they wouldn't let the Arizona one fly anymore, uh, but maybe I'll have to change it back to t Loke Ted.
3: It doesn't matter what state the license plate is, as long as the text reads t Loke Ted.
2: I, I, I'll get back to it, but Where I'm going with this is as a born and raised Tucsonan, I feel like I'm one of the few fans that actually looks at this with reality as I've grown up through the years. I love this team as much as anybody else does, but we have to start being real about what the expectations are or what the talent is, whether this is basketball or football, Um, you know, which that's a whole uh, we could have a whole nother podcast called crap in college football or something, but uh, it's just a situation today that is a complete embarrassment to the school. This is something that's been a long time coming. Um, We still don't truly know what the allegations are against the school, but they come out, and this is kind of like trying to sign your own plea deal, coming out and just go, whoa, you know, like, we won't talk about what we were accused of yet, what the allegations are, but we will self-imposed and to steal what i'm sure taylor wants to jump in with for uh for what this episode should be called we all love the song bands a maker dance this is bands a maker dance because this is also hilarious and i was telling Subi too and i don't want to take up too much time before i let you guys jump in but i have spent the past hour since this news came out and since subie texted me to be on this show going from one emotion to the next I was angry at first. I was embarrassed. Finally, you know, something's going to happen. Sean is never going to take credit. Or I mean, never going to take this as being his issue. But let's look at it this way. When you have an assistant coach that was jailed over this situation, what do you think's going to happen? Did we really all think we were going to get out of this? And I'm the number one fan that just sarcastically says we're fine through the whole thing. And we can get into our favorite beat reporter here soon enough, Jason Shear, who I, I will say actually gave me a little bit of hope at the end of the tunnel with being the only reporter out there saying they don't have anything. And truly, they really don't have much hard evidence over this. But where there's smoke, there's fire. and To think that nothing actually happened with this organization and this team is such a joke to sit there. And that's why I say I always sarcastically with all of my friends that are fans of different teams saying, you know, especially ASU fans coming down and saying, you guys are screwed. And I continue to say, we're fine. And I actually thought we kind of I thought we were out of there. I did think. We got through. And then the, you know, the news that came in, uh, what was it over the summer now uh, or fall uh, of these allegations coming back in? That's when I kind of started feeling, um, you know, it's, it's time. And the other hard thing that comes into this, and then I'm going to toss it back to you guys and get your thoughts. Sean Miller has obviously been failing with the amount of talent that he's had on these teams. And I know some of the things that I'm going to say may be painful to Taylor. Because I know, I know Taylor's a, a number one, always looking at the glass half full sort of guy. But there, yeah. <laughs> there has been incredible talent recruited to this team that has gone wasted or talent that's been recruited that's actually stayed a year or two years that has not progressed. So we were already seeing maybe hitting the ceiling of what Sean Miller was. Then we were forced into a situation as fans, as, as boosters, if you have enough money to be a booster um, that we had to back this guy up, even though we could all sit there and go, shoot, he's probably guilty, but it was kind of fun for a little bit. You know, it was Arizona versus ESPN, Arizona versus everyone. Uh, This was a, you know, somewhat of a, a fun battle, especially that year that this was all happening when we had, a relatively decent team Uh, going forward after that. I mean, you can't say that there's not a black Mark on this team. We were still able to recruit some decent talent. And then we had the issue with recruiting. Whereas this year we basically have all transfer players that are in here. So it's a situation where as fans, as boosters, we were forced to back this guy up when in all reality, looking at what his track record is going into how much talent he had, what the actual records were, we're killing this team as we wait and wait and wait and wait. And again, we are in another situation. It looks bad if we go off and fire him in a year like this with a postseason ban. Now I will also say one of my favorite quotes from our friend, Matt Ross last year was, uh, he always does just enough. And that was a joke when it came to all of the games being canceled. (laughs) And, And we won one game in the PAC 12 tournament. Um, but Miller always does just enough, or you know, has that great recruiting class. So forget that we lost to Buffalo. These are the sort of things that have happened throughout the years that kind of back us into a corner of having to stick with him right now. And I don't know if that's the best for the long-term success of of the program because we have fallen like a Michigan again, not completely like Michigan because they have a lot more national champions, championships, and a rich history. But we have fallen from grace to the point of. What do we get head coach wise? And let's all remember when loot left and it was a crappy situation for that year when we didn't know if he was leaving or not. And then he did finally, uh, end up retiring that we lucked out that we got Sean at that point, I will say, but we're hitting a point when we're just going to get a downgraded version next, next coaching search. And, uh, And I I don't know. I don't know if we're looking at what what could possibly be the demise of Arizona as a strong contender. I won't say, you know, an elite contender like a Duke, Kentucky, these sort of teams that are always sitting around at the end um, or multi-time national champions, but just looking at the reality of it. And it's a guy, I mean, you know, this is beating the horse to death, but hasn't reached a final four. That's the main thing. Has had insane talent. Has been on the doorstep multiple times. And when do we start, stop, or when do we stop saying, oh, that was unlucky, you know, that Wisconsin shot? If only Nick had dropped that shot in there, you know, when do we start saying, no, it's not unlucky every year we lose in the Elite Eight? (laughs) There's got to be a year when good teams find a way to win. And that's unfortunately what Wisconsin did to us. And was it Ohio State that was the other uh, heartbreaker, if I can go back? Um, So, yeah, uh, you know, just, living with this sort of heartbreak. And I'll let you guys kind of start expanding. That was my general overview of where Arizona basketball is and this embarrassment of having to self impose. But what are your guys' thoughts on on the news that came in today?
3: yeah taylor i'll let you jump in here in a second but real quick ted there are some things that i'm aligned with you on in your points there are some things that i disagree with one of those things that i disagree with is struggling to find the next head coach or that they they were lucky in getting sean i think arizona is still a destination program and it'll be a, a new challenge for someone with that all being said though uh We'll have to, I mean, that's that's something that will cross down the line. Who knows if Sean's going to be relieved of his duties. Right now, all we know is that they're not playing in the postseason this year, and that I think also includes a Pac-12 tournament. So right now, guys are only playing for the regular season conference title. Taylor, your initial thoughts on this postseason ban?
0: Oh, it's genius. Why not self-impose just like LSU did in football during a COVID year that doesn't really fucking count, you know? I mean, why Why not, you know? Why not is, I guess, would be my, my answer to that. Um, I was obviously disappointed at, at first as well. But, you know, you go back and read all the articles, you read the reasonings uh, that have all come out in the last hour. Um, it's just kind of like Ted said at the beginning of his statement there. There's still really nothing that's like we're we're four years deep into this now. And the biggest piece of evidence they have against the school is book may have kind of inferred that he was going to take money for a potential player that could have come to Arizona. That's literally... The whole evidence. There are HBO documentaries and fucking FBI tapes and all this shit. And literally, it's still uh, Do I think Book did it? Do I think he took money? Yes. That's for sure. But the whole thing of him, why he went to jail is because he extorted the guy giving us money. Or giving him money. Not extorting the school to get, you know, to connect player A to school A. And so, I just think it's... I think is genius by taking the ban and just saying, "Hey, you know what? That's that's our bad. Okay, that's our bad. Probably shouldn't have had a guy extorting people." But the whole the thing that bothers me the most about media in general, media in general, is that if you go back and read all of these articles that just came out, like right now, by all by like SI, Yahoo, ESPN, whatever, we're still referencing things like hundred thousand dollar payments to DeAndre Ayton, which. The FBI says didn't happen. Dawkins says didn't happen. Ayton says didn't happen. Sean Miller says didn't happen. The tapes say didn't happen. Like, there's, it, it's kind of like you can't unring the bell, right? So I, I still do not think that this situation is as dire as maybe like local media people want to make it think, or or whatever, because we read these national articles that are citing information that was never proven never it was all i don't want to say made up in a way but it it, it it was made up that particular one because this whole case isn't even even doesn't have anything to do with the Ayton. it has more to do with like raleigh alkins but nobody gives a fuck about raleigh alkins so you, you know and so was us oh remember that one time that they made that someone said that they did this with that guy that was picked number one that plays in the nba yeah it's not like hey man Remember that two good years that Raleigh Alkins came off the bench at Arizona? They luckily they paid five G's for that guy. And I think the over uh, I guess my overarching point of this is this is this is no different than the than like what Kansas did last year. They didn't self impose a ban, but they don't have I mean they trotted fucking Snoop Dogg out and said, Fuck you, NCAA. And essentially, the, the allegations are not different, they're the same allegations stemming from the same situation and the same person. So why is it that we think that I think we're almost too close to it? Like, why is it that we think it's a big deal for Arizona, but then we laugh when Kansas does it. They're the same situation stemming from the same individual, Christian Dawkins and the whole and Adidas and all of that. So, And like there's actual text messages from Bill Self talking about like buying cars and shit like that. We don't have any evidence to that. For Arizona. So I get it. Like, it's not good. None of this is good to be a part of. But we laugh when Snoop Dogg comes out for Kansas. But then we think it's the end of the world for Arizona. When in reality, they're like the same exact situation. We just happen to take the postseason ban in a COVID year because it's either the dumbest move of all time or the smartest move of all time.
3: But see, Taylor, that's why I hate that we impose the postseason ban because it is no different than what sure. yeah, that, it's no different than what LSU was doing. We've thought we, we fought tooth and nail for like three to four years. We saw Sean go up there and defy Mark Schlaboff. We saw Shearer do the same thing. All of A majority of Arizona local media, the fans, and now all of a sudden we're like, you know what? We're going to impose a postseason ban. Obviously, the circumstances are wildly different than any other year with a pandemic going on no fans yada 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 whatever but that was the most disappointing part go down swinging you've already you're already in the weeds this far just continue like i don't even care if it's the titanic submerge that bitch don't don't quit like with half of it underwater just just get i mean continue to go i don't know is it
0: it, could could you make the analogy that it's kind of like apologizing to your significant other when you know it's not your fault but let's just no
3: you lied for like three years though i mean i i guess it's damage control but i'd literally rather them have been far more contrite three years ago in 2017 than do it now uh again i know there are different circumstances but that's my first thought i i hated the move uh number one number two Perception is reality. You can talk all you want about the details, and yeah, that's that's their job to worry about that. It's not the fans' job to worry about that. Perception is reality in this in this line of business. And at the end of the day, Sean, Mill- it's tough to defend these guys. We sound like assholes. We sound like idiots. If someone's like, "You didn't cheat," well, well, where's the proof? Uh, the here's here's X, Y, and Z. No, they cheated. Like they got caught. All oh. right. Are other programs doing it? Yeah, absolutely. Is it a big deal? Should we be clutching our pearls? Probably not. Arizona cheated. And another thing that I said, and I've been saying, is nothing of serious consequences come from this. That changed on Tuesday. That is now no longer fact. This A postseason ban is a serious fallout from what happened. And so it finally happened, and it's time now for us to take it seriously, look in the mirror, and say, This program looks like shit nationally. Okay, and and Ted alluded to it being a a Tucson person. Um, I also thought this kind of like reminded me of Sean Miller being like White Goodman in dodgeball. Ted, I know you'll appreciate this. The reason is because you had met, you had brought up him being so close to getting to the final four one year with against UConn. Probably didn't they weren't favored. Fine. Two times against Wisconsin, they were right there. They could have beaten Wisconsin. He reminds me of White Goodman because he's so damn close to glory, and now he's just completely unraveled. Nobody thinks of Sean Miller as the same coach as he was three or four years ago. I picture him sitting with his belly out, turkey leg in hand, up to his mouth, being like, I should have won that. And now here we are. So I just I just want to reiterate to people that the, the, the devil is in the details. But perception is reality. This program has been besmirched. It looks terrible. I don't care that Kansas and LSU are getting away with it. Actually, I do care because why would we self impose? But I mean, it's just we cheated. We cheated. That's a point blank, period. And we got to wear it now at this point. We can be as defiant and stubborn as possible. But those are my initial thoughts there, Ted.
0: I'm going to hop in before Ted does real quick. And what, first off, one was that this all started a downfall when sean miller lost all that weight speaking of how you picture him here when we had skinny sean when we had fat sean coughing the program was fine and then we got That's skinny true. Sean for a couple of years and then it all went to shit uh secondly
2: still coughing yeah, still fine still right.
0: Second, secondly not COVID coughing though. secondly um the I, I I will agree with you in that the the postseason ban looks dumb because in reality I guess you you could argue or you are arguing that like okay so yes we cheated or you know whatever however if bent the rules whatever you want to phrase it as but they can't hold an NCAA tournament without like the thirty top teams who all did the same shit so I would agree with you in that in saying like maybe we should yeah we should have just stuck it out because if what is the NCAA going to do ban every motherfucker that took $5,000 from a recruiter from the tournament, then you wouldn't have a tournament. So I, it's not necessarily in full alignment with what you're saying, but I think there is a little bit of agreement in there. Sorry, Ted, go ahead though.
2: No, I I was going to jump on the white Goodman train as well. And just say, uh, uh, Watching him on the sidelines, the shtick of just screaming your head off, sweating, all of this, it's it's old now. It used to be funny. It used to be that he was a competitor and all this and that you loved watching him stick up for the team. But do you really wonder why we're getting crappy charging calls called against us all the time and all this? I mean, when you treat the exact same refs that have been there for 15 or 20 years, crappy every single game Uh, they're humans so there is human nature into yes they're going to try to call the game as unbiased as possible but when you get under their skin over and over and over there's going to be a little bit of an issue so i still think you know sideline antics aside where you guys were going with is this a a good thing that we did the self impose is it bad one thing i will say is yes taylor As I said at the beginning, there's nothing that uh, is hard proof against us, but there has to be something that they know of that the NCAA knows about them. That is why they finally did this, because this has been now dragged out for four years. So finally, they must have been presented with something that made them go, ah, crap. Now, you know, now now they got us on something hard uh, or else they would have just done it like the other schools and gone. Uh, you know well, let's just keep playing and i get that everybody does this too i get that you you know if you really searched into it you could probably get coach k you could probably get kentucky on this you could probably get everybody on this but that's just the name of the game at this point unfortunately we were one that got caught hold on can you is not can you wait until like next week when kentucky po- uh, just gives themselves
3: and that's seven, eight, yeah, yeah.
2: That's also where I wanted to go with how I feel about this. And at the top of the show, when I said I've gone through all the emotions in this past hour, and the last emotion that I ended on about five minutes before uh firing up this podcast is what does it matter? You know, last night I was joking with Supi again, playing the uh the typical Arizona fan, going like, We're back, you know, we're beating a six and one Colorado team. Like we're here, you know. Handling we- them. No, handling them. Actually, you know, it looked like a really good. Team and A team that had chemistry for once, which we don't always get with a lot of the recruiting these one and dones. I know Subi loves to hear that because he loves a good old tenured team. And I have to agree with you in the most part is that a lot of times the teams that get far and actually win it are the ones that have a little bit of experience. But what I was watching last night was a team that uh, the typical Miller play is you get up by 10 to 15 points, you let them right back in the game and sometimes lose somehow at the end. This was actually get up by 10 points, and they stayed up by 10 points the whole rest of the game, which was was crazy. So as much as I was being the sarcastic, typical Arizona fan saying, hey, we're back and all this, that was actually the first game in a long time that I've watched of Arizona that I thought – Wow, this was a well looked like a well coached team with chemistry. It wasn't just, you know, one-on-one, 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 hope for the best chasing around on defense and Subi you know, we can go into defensive scheme on another podcast when we have more time, but you know, my complaints about the defensive scheme of always chasing the ball around the entire court until there's a wide open guy taking a three. Now, luckily I will say Colorado was missing a lot of open three opportunities yesterday, which kind of helped uh, make that game look a little better than, than maybe it was. Anyways, Of course, right when that happens, I start feeling good about the season. But in the grand scheme of things, I've seen enough of this movie. I have watched this movie season in and season out of how the coaching goes when it gets down the wire and down the line in the tournament. It doesn't matter. Yes. Like Taylor said, it's a COVID year. It's a year where while we have a lot of tenured players, we probably don't have the talent that we've had on some of these other teams that he couldn't win with. So what do we expect him to do this season? We probably would have been bounced after a couple rounds, which would have been fun for once to go a couple rounds again, but it probably doesn't matter. Now, the real funny thing would have been if they just self imposed this last year. And then, and then what happens? We just, just call it, you know, scratch. They should yeah.
0: have had the foresight to, to know this.
2: Yeah, you got to know when that when that virus popped up in Wuhan that uh, that you should have called it right then and there on the season. Which also makes me wonder too: Would they have called it last year if they didn't think with the talent that they had, three potential first round picks at the time? Um, would they have called it if it was this team last year? Is this a situation where Miller can look at this team and go, we don't have enough talent to go all the way, so why keep fighting?
0: Yeah. I I, I, don't, I don't know. know. Sue, so sorry. I, I, go ahead. Go ahead.
3: I was just going to say, I mean, I don't know because there's, there's just too many variables. But here's another reason why I hated the self-imposed ban. People are saying, well, this is in an effort to – to sort of soften the blow from the NCAA, we don't know that's a guarantee. We don't know the NCAA is going to take this self-imposed ban and be like, "Oh, okay, they seem contrite. Let's lessen this." Fuck that. They probably hate Arizona. Yeah. As they I said, probably hate them a for plea deal. deal this is simply so, a plea but, deal. I mean, Let, still, let's hope to get out for less NCAA and hope
2: the judge takes it.
3: But that they, they probably won't is what I'm saying. You know what? Maybe they will. I don't know, but there's no guarantee. No, you got to think. Doing this a too. plea deal, there's a guarantee. <laughs>
2: The NCAA has been and FBI have been chasing their asses for four years. And the other thing, going back to media with Taylor, um, and this is just a reporter speaking. I used to be a reporter for those out there that don't retired, know. Report yes, at, at, at uh, reporter I, retired. That's what <laughs> yeah, I was trying to, to segue into to, to follow at reporter retired. Uh, shoot me a follow. I have thousands of followers, so it's the greatest follow uh, that you'll ever have. Um, <laughs> but, um, What a reporter likes to do is once they get onto a story and they know, they know there's something there. I I don't agree that Schleba should have uh, reported what he reported, but he's a journalist. And, uh, you know, in the fake news society, which pisses me off because journalists are trained to tell the truth and trained to vet what they are telling the truth about. Again, where there's smoke, there's fire. And these people have been not only the NCA and FBI, these reporters that know that they had something, but they just can't find that that physical uh, uh, you know, degree to really push the story over the top are all sitting there salivating, waiting for something like this to happen. And they're wondering, what are the allegations that the NCA finally found? Against them. So, this is a very difficult situation to be in where again I go back to the human element with the refs that Sean Miller pisses off that as much as you want to be unbiased, you start to get, you know, someone starts to get under your skin, you're wanting to peg them whenever you can. It's the same thing with media, NCA, FBI in this situation. These are all people that have been chasing something. And they can't get it, and maybe they finally got something. And that's why I say, that's why the self-imposed ban happened. If they didn't have anything, Miller is so cocky, he would have sat there and continued to deny, deny, deny. Because if there's a guy like Matt Patricia with the Detroit Lions, as as you guys know, I'm a Detroit Lions fan, uh, the the second best person to Matt Patricia pushing off any form of taking on any self-responsibility it's sean miller it's always a charging call uh you know our guys didn't practice well this week they're not out there trying blah 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 all this crap and it's like finally man just get up there take this say hey This organization hasn't been running as well as it should be. And that's on me. And going forward from this year of a self-imposed ban, we are doing a self audit or whatever. If you want to say that you're going outside to get auditors to come in and look at how this organization has been running. I don't care what bullshit you give to fans and boosters, but you have to go out and say, we're cleaning this up. We're running this as a legitimate organization from here on out. If Sean wants to continue to say he had nothing to do with it, fine. But I am in full agreement that it is bullshit if you think that Sean didn't know that book was sitting around either extorting money, um, talking to players about money, whatever it may be, any of these people out recruiting. This is college basketball. I I would almost understand that in college football, but there's so few people in college basketball on a team and staff that it's impossible for a manager like this not to know that something's going on.
3: Well, there's, I mean, there is, that is Sean Miller's job. There's a possibility that he definitely did not know, actually didn't know what book was doing, but it is part of your job to know. Slim Slim possibility. possibility. Yes. I I mean, there is a possibility, but I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just to legally, um,
2: you know, legally be safe. That's the sheer type tweet. Uh, You (laughs) know, like you say, something might be happening, but, um, but maybe not. So that you protect yourself a little bit. We got to do a show where for people that don't know, I know you've talked about Shear on, on other podcasts, but Jason Shear is a beat reporter here um, that covers the Wildcats. Um, and we have a few crazy beat reporters that are here for different reasons. There's one that completely hates the team and Greg Hansen. Then there's one that uh, uh, is just looking through with like the most rose colored goggles I've ever seen uh, in Jason Shear. But we have to do a, a theater in college hoops. And uh, you got to get your buddies from other areas of the, the country. We have to put together a definitive list of biggest joke beat reporters out there that just won't get off it. Because the thing that I get on Shear about and the thing that I get on most Arizona fans about is just being a fan fan to the death. We will win the national championship every year. You know, everything is, is all nice and peachy. And that's how this guy feels. You got to stop being a fan, start actually being a journalist and reporting on your team. Or if you're trying to be an analyst, give an analysis, don't just say, Oh, you know, that was a sneaky, good performance by so-and-so, or that didn't look great, but you know what? He's still young. So maybe we can get a little better. This team's still young. The season's still young. Uh, let's start getting se- uh, you know segment on here. Of uh, it would kind of be like bad beats or whatever that uh, SVP does, but it would be bad beats.
3: Reporters. reporters, Ted, you're, <laughs> you're sharp today, man. Man, sure. to make uh, a dance bad beat. Reporters, for yeah.
0: never texting us this in, in advance for like the two years this podcast. <laughs> good
3: workshopping, good <laughs> workshopping. Work yeah, right.
2: yeah, no, no it's because right. I, I personally just sit here fuming over my over our one beat reporter that I that I despise. Go on. Um, so I just want
0: to bring up a couple important points to what you've said, uh, and and I think some of it has already been done. You know. a a true audit of the organization and things like that, that in a way uh, has been done by a, a number of internal investigations that have been done over the number of years that this has been going on. Obviously firing book Richardson was important, right? You know, uh, and but
2: real quick. I, I do. I understand that. But also I'm just saying, keep the bullshit going at this point. Don't stop with bullshitting. Sure. If you're the organization, just yeah, keep yeah, bullshitting sure. fans in the media of, hey, we're continuing to look at this, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, sure. Do all that PR crap, which now I'm in for people that don't know. Yeah. I'm on, <laughs> on <the Twitter laughs> you actually so,
0: switch sides here on in your life.
2: So, yeah. So I get I get the benefit of seeing both sides and seeing how you defend a crisis like this and you go out. And you bullshit a little bit more because you already messed up one or you already messed up big. So then just go and bullshit people at this point. You've already been bullshitting them. So
3: So an
0: an important I think the most important point is this, though, is that this where the investigation goes from here. Goes to um, the independent accountability resolution process. And the technical uh, part of it is the conflict. Complex case unit. This sounds like a fucking intro to Law and Order SVU, and like Dick, Dick Wolf. Um, I think, Dick, think Dick Wolf is the producer of this, right? So this whole situation, this whole independent group of people, um, a lot of them not affiliated with schools or the NCAA or the conference or whatever, is why Arizona took this this direction because it's not the same. You know, it's not Olivia Benson that's been trying to track down this one guy for five years. This is a complete group of people that looks at what the investigators have done for the number of years, what the school did in response of it, all of that. So this isn't necessarily just the NCA coming in and going like, you know, we've chased you for too long and now we finally got you under a bridge in Brooklyn or whatever. Like this is a completely different group of people, or at least that's what it's designed to be. Will that be how it plays out? I don't know. Uh, It's also headed up by Condoleezza Rice, who apparently does everything in sports. And so my worry is, is, is Condi going to get mad that Arizona beat the shit out of Stanford for seven years until this year. And
2: she's going to take it out on us then. See, that was the chess move by Sean. Exactly, He's,
3: He's doing just enough to skate by.
0: He intentionally lost to Stanford. Exactly. And Condi happy to then send
2: it to the, her to say, you know what? Guy, I, yeah, I because he knew the season was a scratch. Sean he probably knows. knew two weeks ago we're done with this season, anyways. So let's take the L to Stanford. Condi's happy, and then we'll, and then we'll win one more, and then we'll do the self-impose. Okay,
0: I have one more point. One more point about why it was important to take the uh, if you were going to self-impose, why it would be this year because there's not a single pl- this team is actually more talented than you're giving it credit for. The transfers were all great, and it was the fifth. You know, you talk about recruiting not being good. This was still the fifth highest rated recruiting class in the country. So it's not like we're talking about like the children of the poor getting recruited here. You know, like this is the, this is still cream of the crop, five star, like best talent you can get, but none of them are one and
2: done.
3: And they're all international. Yeah. You know,
2: we're, we're building it like Subi wants it. Yeah. Like,
0: Gonzaga of, of the desert, but it's important to also note with this, because of the COVID year and the transfer rules and the self-imposed postseason ban, seniors will get a fifth year of eligibility to stay on this roster. So next year, you're talking about if all stays status quo, which we don't know, but I get, I would guess this has a lot to do with it, is none of these players are leaving. They're going to have the opportunities to have multiple fifth-year seniors on a team that is talented and you know, then that will be a very, very good Arizona team, one that will be the favorite to win the Pac-12, presumably, depending on how other recruiting stuff with other schools go. And probably a top 15 preseason ranked team because they're gonna li- the same reason we talk about why we like why we like Illinois this year or why we like Wisconsin this year or so on and so forth is because they've been there for a long time. No one and done's all that. And that's exactly the Arizona team we're gonna have next year. So there's Definitely some strategy to doing this as, it, as they're oh,
3: doing it. Yeah. 100%. This is such a great balance between us three because we got Ted just going off and fuming at the local beat reporters and the team and Sean Miller and then somehow Taylor is able to spin zone this self-imposed year-long ban into us being a top 15 team next year I mean the positive versus negative energy is beautiful to see let me it's go down like d- that's it's the here. we're in the we're in the shit right now Taylor and you're already thinking about next year top 15 team and well, now I can't think about this no we're supposed to be no that's the thing we need to wallow in our misery and spank ourselves right we've been very very bad boys we can't be we can't be thinking need, about next
2: year i need taylor to change his twitter handle to uh taylor sheer from now
0: on <laughs> i but, i tweet at him just as much as i know and
2: i do appreciate coming with facts because i yeah. i hate facts uh, being a ex reporter within the fake news and everything but no obviously being more in the weeds and and as i told Subi prior to the podcast i'm here to give a very general uh, overview as a longtime fan and where I feel like this organization is headed. And to to uh, kind of go back to talking about if, and I want to raise the question of job security with Sean, with you guys, if there is something stronger here, if it's not just one year, if it goes on beyond this, if the NCA hits them with something else, a, is his job security in question? And B, the reason that I say that we're taking a step down from last go around in the coaching search is simply because who would be doing the coaching search? Heek and Robbins don't have what I would call the hottest track record right now of hiring big scale coaches. So I, I will uh, leave you guys on that one. Is uh, What do you guys think of Sean Miller's um, job security
3: if this does go beyond this year? So I think it is fair to say that's in question. Do I think anything's going to happen? No, if I were to guess. And I'm okay with that. A lot of people ask me, do you want Sean fired? Do you not want him fired? I'm very indifferent. If he's gone, okay, fine. Move on. We can't necessarily, I mean, we could go lower than what we are right now, but where we are right now sucks. We should be competing for elite eights and final fours and not like round of 32s, losing to Buffalo with the best player in the country. So if he's gone, whatever, appreciate your your time here, Sean. If he stays, I'm okay with that too, because he still can bring in talent. And there's always, I mean, I guess it's a a stupid thing for me to hope for, but there is always that thought of maybe he's shown he can get to an elite eight, which is a fighter's chance at a title. So, but I do think it could be in question now, whether or not something's going to happen. I doubt it in my opinion, Taylor, Taylor
2: over to you. And and let me add on to that going over to you, because I I know you love the recruiting that's been done. And I think all of us love the recruiting Uh, every single time on paper. It looks like this team is going to be great, but I also want you to factor in when you're thinking about this stuff, the coaching that you've seen and, and the dead horse that's been beaten of this guy does more or does less with more talent Every single year, we haven't seen anything changing schematically with this guy either. Again, a conversation probably for a a more in depth on another episode, but what do you think when you're looking at this guy, do you truly think that his coaching actually on the court has done anything or are we cool with just being a good recruiter and hopefully having a fighter's chance where maybe we have the talent to just take us beyond um, a terrible scheme
0: to try and make a, like a 15 year coaching history short enough to make this into like a legitimate podcast. Sean Miller was known as a phenomenal coach when he was at Xavier. He always beat teams that were uh, uh, ahead of him, talent wise, ahead of him recruiting wise size, whatever. That's why he made his name as a coach got to a school like Arizona, so on and so forth. He then parlayed that into great recruiting. And so what I, I think that the, the larger, uh, you know, show of this or scene of this has been ever since those, and you referenced it earlier, since the Wisconsin years. And I think that those really uh, uh, changed the way that he tried to recruit and tried to coach because he then went to an absorbent amount of like, like one and done type of guys after that because those teams had like one, one and done on. Aaron Gordon, even Ronde Hollis Jefferson, who's an NBA player, was a was a two-and-done. Derek Williams, who obviously wasn't a highly touted recruit, two and done. It was a lot of two and done. Nick Johnson, three years, whatever. Those next years after that, it's almost like he felt like he didn't have enough talent when he did try to try to retroactively, I guess if we want to call it insert more talent instead of trying to build players, because I think he has a strength of coaching players over multiple years. He just, I think he got into the thing that a lot of people do in college basketball. And that's keeping up with the Joneses of, Oh, we need like three or four one and done's a year and so on and so forth. But you can't build continuity in the style that Miller plays with inserting four or five or six or seven like this year's team is new players into it every year. The defensive strategy that they use is the pack line defense and the pack line defense, uh, along with many things in college basketball, of course, is a lot about continuity and trusting the guy that you don't see. I mean, that's basketball in general, right? But that takes years potentially, or at least a season to build. So it's tough. Like last year sucked because you had three, one and dones on the team who, although they were talented, two of them didn't seem like they had all that much interest in playing college basketball and defense. defense, Right. And so I think that's, that's tough. So I think, I think the problem is is that he can recruit with anyone in the country or all, all but two or three coaches in the country. Right. I don't think that he's done a good job of recruiting to his style very well, because the one thing that we all complained about way back in the day, which is a funny thing to complain about is, God, we're just too fucking good defensively and we're not exciting enough, right? We were the number one defense in college basketball like three or four years. And what happened? We went to Sweet 16, Sweet 16, 16, Elite 8, Elite 8, right? And lost by two shots essentially each time. And we complained so much about that that we tried to go so far back and overcorrect the other direction that I think that's where we uh, got into this problem. It just is in general, recruiting certain players, potentially paying them, so on and so forth. So that's the 15 year of Miller coaching.
2: And I think that was a great uh, how how to kind of put that all together and also bringing me over to the other side of uh, like I was being the sarcastic fan with with uh, Subi yesterday. I'm back then. Like, you know, what you just explained to me makes me excited for what he could do. But then where I go back to my initial beliefs is kind of what you were talking about at the end. His scheme is something that takes a year or so or continuity to build, which we don't have. What do good coaches do? They change with the times or you change with the players that you have. And Subi and I were texting about this the other night is that they, they had those unreal defensive teams because they had freaks out there, just athletic freaks from from the one to the five. And it was insanity to watch Nick watch uh, Aaron Gordon play defense. I mean, the, these are the guys. That can, yeah. Th- these are all guys that can close on sure. you in milliseconds. And that's the issue with watching the teams from then. You have a team that doesn't want to play defense like last year, start switching to zone. Then at least put them to where they don't have to go running around. They might just luck out and a guy gets a ball right in front of them. And that's where I go back to why loot was such a good player. Coach and recruiter, but sure. coach first because I would watch games where they're getting manhandled going man to man. He would switch it to a one-three-one zone, having Salim running the baseline, a shooting guard running the baseline for you in that zone. Just ripping people apart. And it's because people don't expect it. And that's the thing that kills me is you watch teams, especially in the Pac-12, that shouldn't beat us, that end up beating us simply because their coach has been there four years or whatever it may be. They've seen the exact same thing year in and year out you pass the ball around four or five times on the perimeter someone's going to be wide open and i'm sick and tired of watching our guys sprinting to try to close an open shot and not being anywhere close to it so that's where i'm saying i think that defense does work yes when you have the continuity and when you have freak athletes but where i think his coaching style really falters is in two two glaring ways that you can tell that his coaching style falters that he's not changing with the players that he gets. And then the number two thing that shows me that he's not a great coach anymore. I agree with your Xavier example, by the way. Xavier, but,
3: by the way, I've, I've made it a very big point to call out people. Xavier, that's how I call it. Xavier, Javier, I can deal uh, with. Oh, I it. call I'm it not Javier. Xavier. I'm Cut, not, okay, okay, fine. Not Xavier. Coming
2: from 45 minutes north of Mexico, I call it Javier. Um, But where I've just seen a coach where the game has passed him by. That's simply what's going on. I don't think recruiting's passed him by, as you've pointed out, and he's been able to shift around with this issue that's happening and become an international recruiter, which you can connect whatever dots you want with that. But the other thing that I consistently talk to Suby, other Arizona fans about, who do we have in the NBA? Who, who is good in the NBA?
3: Specify, Seriously, specify under Sean Miller, because we do have Andre. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. And, sure and that's what part. that
2: was my joke the other day is once Andre is gone, we're nothing in the NBA. And even Andre was, you know, a star player uh, 65 years ago. Uh, but now he's a guy that wins championships as a role player. And that's great. And that's fun to have and everything. But honestly, our best guy in the NBA is a head coach that played under Lou Olson, And that's it. And, and Taylor, um, I know you're going to give me some some prospect players, but no, I'm not. They I'm going think... to
0: I'm going to go back to to your original question to me, which was: Is Sean Miller's job safe? And that is that if it's the, if this stays as it is, then his job is completely safe. There's they're, they're not going to find someone else because he has a great relationship with the boosters and pe- Arizona boosters. I think it's funny when people. Uh, within the Arizona program, talk about Arizona not having enough money to do what they want to do. If Arizona can write a $7.5 million check for a fucking shitty football program that nobody gives a fuck about, they will write any amount of check for the holy grail of Arizona sports as a state almost, and that is Arizona University of Arizona basketball. I pe- People are always going to come out of the woodworks. There's like six billionaire alumni who all own professional sports teams, and they're not the most involved people within this within the program. But who, if Sean Miller does get fired, they can pretty much go out and hire. I'm very much more optimistic than you are that they can pretty much go out and hire whoever the fuck they want to, as long as their name isn't like Shashevsky, Self, whatever, because they've got top five facilities in the country. I mean, they've got. Everything that you need in you, the only coaches they wouldn't be able to get are like Izzo
3: and Roy Williams. No, I'm, I'm yeah, with them. Why not? I'm why you not you pull it
2: why not get the stink off of us then? If we can go out, and, and this is uh, kind of uh, looking at it from the devil's advocate side of things. If we sure. can go out and and as a fan base or as boosters, we fully believe that we could throw money at any up-and-coming coach or whatever it may be. Why are we sitting here with the stink that this guy has left us with um, when this could be a perfect year to cut ties, bring in somebody that's a big name, and then go on from there and, and hope to uh, regain glory of uh, our postseason streak? Because
0: that, I think that would be the only reason that would deter another coach from coming here. Because is, is you the it, it, no, be, no, no, no. Do it the other opposite way. Inverse that. This school would fire me if something like they didn't, aren't going to ride with the coach that they've hired, if it, it quote unquote, wasn't his fault i'm not saying that that would happen i'm just saying that would be if there was a reason that would be the reason why they wouldn't come like hey sean miller's still an extremely respected coach within the which in within coaching circles within the country whether the outside fans and us and whoever thinks that that doesn't really matter in when you compare it to like what the coaching search would be because he's still extremely respected within coaching circles so if they say oh, well they're going to can sean because of this and everybody is doing it so what if what if it happened again and they're just going to can me i'm i'm i'd say that would be a weak reason not to come to arizona if you were a coach but i think it's enough a hair enough of an important reason that
2: that's why someone would consider also not. on on the flip side of of that because i i like that i like that point a how lot many time times there? are we flipping this how or- i know i i'm gonna find like this is like a some sort of pentagon or something there's five different sides of this um On the flip side of that, couldn't you say as well that in a coaching search, if somebody said, hey, we're kind of freaked out. You know, you guys were right there with Sean. And then, you know, one little thing happened and you're gone. This has been four years that we've sat by his side. through this, So you could also be like, yeah, we we we, actually
3: stick with our guys. Yeah, we (laughs) We knew knew that we stick
2: with them and we couldn't find a way out. And that's the other thing is how much of this, too, could possibly be that we couldn't find a way out. Now, maybe they have an excuse if this is a situation. Now, I will say in, in being realistic about this whole situation and money and everything, I agree with you on the booster side. There is no way after hiring uh, a football head coach and then having to pay your dipshit that was your football head coach even more money that they're going to go and say like let's just can sean you know like he's fine he'll get us through the next couple of years but again i think you've seen what the ceiling is and the ceiling may be what what suby said um which was also an issue with loot at one point too can he win at all but his issue was can he win at all he could get to a final four can he win at all so my biggest thing in the one sport where it's cool to be a semifinalist. <laughs> We can't even be a semifinalist. <laughs> I'm with you. It's it, Ted. killing me inside. So cause football, I could care less about. You know, I mean, we we all know the the thing about there's four or five teams that are gonna play for it every year. That's fine. And basketball, I think that you can slide in there. And uh, and have a run and 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 do it. So I you know I and I just asked that question. I don't mind keeping him around, and I, I bomb on the guy and all of this because I do feel like I've seen the ceiling. But I also fully agree with a lot of the stuff that you're saying, Taylor, of why we should be keeping him around. Great recruiting classes. I agree with Subi here as well to kind of connect all all the sides of this Pentagon to this uh, thing that um uh, you know you can't you you've been within uh, eyesight of, uh, of the promised land. So, uh, just kind of stick with it and maybe you'll, you'll get back there, but a few more embarrassing losses, or I won't even say a few, one more embarrassing loss like that Buffalo loss. Um, that's when you have to start looking at yourself as an organization as and as fans that think of this organization that we're Duke or something, um, and say, Hey, if we really hold ourselves to this elite standard, that shit don't fly, man. And I know Duke falls here and there, but they also then come back and win a national championship the next year.
3: Well so you made you brought up some great points. Number 1, it's almost impossible to win a national title. It's very very difficult. That's why coach K is arguably probably the greatest coach of all time. Bobby Knight, same same reason all of these different coaches that have won multiple you look at Jay Wright two in the last couple of years. But that's why we say when you get to a final four that is a monster accomplishment. And people always say, "Oh, Calipari does so much so so little with such great talent." He gets to final fours, man. John Calipari, say what you want. He gets the final fours. He puts their asses in the NBA. He's and the I would NBA love free- that.
2: I would love doing less with more talent and and stumbling into a final four. And I feel like for a while it was less with more talent. We stumble into an elite eight and then we lose because of coaching at the end of a game. We can't execute a play (laughs) to save our lives. And that's an ongoing joke in Sean's career as well. At the end of a half, at the end of a game, we call a timeout. Someone dribbles it off their foot. They uh, throw it out of bounds. I mean, there is a ridiculous amount of stupid ways that this team has lost in comparison to maybe a handful of ridiculously awesome ways that they've won games, but there's not a lot on one side and there are a lot on the losing side.
3: Well, the final four is, is the barometer, right? And then you look at guys like South Carolina, they have a final four. You look at guys like Gonzaga, who is supposed to be our our West coast rival. They have a final four Loyola Chicago. They have a final four Wichita state. They have a recent final four Uh, VCU. They have a recent final four. These are the tough ones that we're trying to uh, trying to trying to get with um you can make so, me puke
2: over here Stevie. yeah no i can
3: i can i yeah. can do that Chicago <laughs> Sorry, you're now, kidding me. yeah i know Porter Moser good coach i'll let you out on this one here Ted though real quick and you know with every downfall there is some sort of rainbow a little bit of a bright light you guys this means that we're free agents for the NCAA tournament this means we can root for whomever we want is there a short list that you have Ted whose wagon you're about to hop on
2: Dang, that's a good question. But um well, oh, I'll give you, I'll give you my one. It's a very short list. And I only have one, okay? But uh, I will say that uh I I told my wife, "Hey, um you know, I got to use the computer. I'm going to go do a podcast with my buddies." She said like, "For what reason?" And I said, "Well, breaking news, uh Arizona self-imposed a ban on uh, on their postseason and she's like she gets a big smile on her face and is like oh darn that's too bad Uh, so you know at least somebody's happy because then they get me in in march uh they get a little more time with me and really they're going to get a lot more time with me she's going to get a lot more time with me throughout the season because i will say at this point i mean Do I care about watching that much? It'll be nice to know, as Taylor said, who will be there next year, who's the people to watch. Uh, Can't wait to see Ira Lee there until the day that I die. Um, But but my one team and always my other one team is St. Bonaventure, baby. Mark Schmidt. But well, that's it. That's my that's my uh, uh my free agency fandom right there. Uh so, small- hold on.
0: so what so we're finally going to win our bracket challenges this year cuz we don't have to pick Arizona to
2: oh, the Oh, I stopped picking Arizona. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? The best thing ever, the easiest way to make money. Get in a bracket league with Arizona fans and
3: yeah. then don't pick Arizona
2: because everyone's like, Oh, yeah, this is the year this is the year. And actually I will say, I gotta give credit to old Randy, Randy Scrowback, my dad, because he was the one that finally beat it out of me with Sean. The first, you know, five or so years I kept saying like, this is the year, dad, I'm telling you, we got, you know, we got this guy, we recruited so-and-so they're a top five player. Uh, You know, we're going to put it all together. This is it. This is it. And then he, he would always be like, no, <laughs> no. I mean, it's just like, he, He actually is the realest Arizona fan of of being real with what we have um so and you know what the weirdest thing is going back to your final fours and and sliding in and winning championships is the one year that loot finally did it was the cardiac cats a team that could hardly keep the crap together until they finally got to uh to the tournament itself so made for a phenomenal story but i mean there were so many more talented teams that should have won it or if you want the most talented uh you know here's your nugget the most talented elite eight losing arizona team none of these crap Sean Miller teams. It was that 05 Lute Olsen team should have won it all had Illinois number one team on the ropes down 15. Funny story about that this will be the last thing I promise you and then I'm going because I have I've taken up way too much of your time. Uh, I went to see my friend Bobby Vargas when he was living out in Charlotte North Carolina. Good, um, friend, of the, good friend of the program. He is, he is a good friend of the program except that he went to ASU but you know what he went there to wrestle um didn't actually go through with the program, but that's okay. Uh, he went there to play sports, um, but Bobby had moved to North Carolina. I went to go visit him and uh, we went to a little party that was in a, a nice apartment. And he goes, Hey, this is my buddy. Uh, I think his name is Ben. And, uh, and now Ben had gone to Purdue. Okay. Here's the, this is the thing that I get really pissed off about with, with where I'm going with this story. This was also maybe in like 2011 or 12 or something like that. And uh, Bobby goes, Oh yeah, this is my buddy Ted. Uh, yeah. He went to uh university of Arizona. And the first thing out of this guy's mouth was, Hey, how about that Illinois game? And I wanted to throw him off the balcony 30 stories high in this beautiful apartment complex. But I mean, that's how, how much of a crusher that, uh, that game is. And I actually turned it on not too long ago. It was on the big 10 network. Um, and I was watching cause I like to watch, you know, the good part, uh, especially cause the best college basketball player of all time, Salim Stoudemire was, uh, playing on that team, but I'm watching it through. And even my wife goes, don't do this to yourself. She even knew what I, what I was watching. I said, I watch it till about the three minute mark. And then, and then I can't do it. But every once in a while, when I just need reality of being an Arizona fan to strike me in the face, I watch that final three minutes of 2005, Illinois, Arizona, 15, up 15, lose the game. Uh, but there's a great story to push Lute Olson's book. A great story in Lute's book about what happened at the end of that game. So, uh, so another time, you can bring me back on for uh, Lute's story of why they lost the, the greatest elite eight matchup of all
3: time. You know, a lot of people could say that in that game, 2005 marked the incredible ways that Arizona has since lost. You could, I mean, it wasn't as big of a lead, but the Xavier game a couple of years ago, when they were up eight with like a minute and a half left, they should have won that game. And the final four was in Phoenix, but we digress Ted. Thank you so much for giving us a T look perspective on this, for offering your thoughts. We're going to have to get you back on maybe later in the season as well. Anytime. Just
2: remember that uh, my, my college basketball knowledge sits squarely in about a 30 mile radius uh, in Southern Arizona. So uh, uh, you can bring me on for some more fun discussions, but two things that I want out of this before I leave Um, the episode name to be bands, a maker dance. And then number two, we need a recurring segment, which uh, I'm happy to help lead just to push my way back on this podcast of, of bad beat reporters. Okay. So let's start looking around the country. Let's start feeling out. Um, And then we need a definitive list of bad beat reporters. I know
3: who I have at number one. Uh,
2: I'll share that later.
3: We actually, you know, it's funny. A couple of episodes ago, we did talk about how absurd and crazy local beat reporters are. So yeah, we'll compile a list of that. Well, that's what okay. made me think of it. So we Taylor, put together a bracket.
2: I, it didn't take me two years. It just took me listening to the podcast finally. And that was the one that I listened to. <laughs> so there we go. Well, we All appreciate right. well, thank, you listening. Thank Jeff. you so much. I, I do appreciate you guys. And uh, you're some of the best in the business. So uh, let me know whenever
3: you want me back on. <laughs> All right. We want to thank Ted Scroback yet again for hopping onto the program and sharing his perspective. Let's finish it off here with some quick hitters and segments. Taylor, the NCAA has trademarked mask madness in one of the most tone deaf moves you can do. These players unpaid, gutting it out through a pandemic just weeks after Keontae Johnson collapses, goes into a medically induced coma. Now, whether or not that was related to COVID, I don't know, but the point still remains that this is an unpaid laborer who had to suffer through that. And now we're in a pandemic and they want to trademark mask madness for profit. Is this one of the alt? I mean, the NCAA has outdone itself, which is an incredible feat because they are so goddamn stupid. And yet they've have one up themselves with mask madness. Am I wrong in thinking that?
0: Uh, you're No, you're not wrong. I, I love the timing, too, of when it was. It's like reporting a, a, a bad news story on, like, Sunday night at, like, 10 p.m. or whatever, or Friday night, whatever it is. Uh, they did this on December 23rd, when nobody's paying attention to anything, running around, doing all the Christmas shopping, all that type of stuff. So I, I, I think that's hilarious. Um, it, it really just goes to show that, like, yeah, exactly what you said. The NCA is only out for one thing. It's making dollars. And I'm almost not mad at them, though, for being tone deaf, because this is just is like who they are, right? They're just, they are actually a business entity. They think that they're a masquerade as like for the betterment of the college athlete, right? But they're pretty much just a business entity. So would you be surprised if like Amazon did some shit like this? No. Are we surprised that the NCAA did it? We shouldn't be because they're just a business entity in the end. And so uh, I, I kind of think it's tongue in cheek hilarious, I guess would be the best way to put
3: it. No, that's a good point. And you mentioned Amazon, you mentioned some of these other big businesses. They've become super villains during this pandemic. They were like big villains prior to it. But now they've become super villains and it's just another notch in the old belt there. For well, and you the can NFL probably game.
0: only you can probably watch all the tournament games on Amazon Prime Video. I bet, <laughs> I, I, I bet you that's a thing because they just yeah. did that with the NFL this last weekend.
3: So. Speaking of news dumps, though, Taylor, we talk about Arizona, and we spent literally an hour on it. So get used to it. But they, why, why did they dump it today? They literally just wait two more days. News dump. When the ball the news drop when the balls drops. That's what they yeah. should have done. Yeah, second the the ball dropped in Times Square. I don't know if they're even doing that this year, but just drop it at midnight, twenty twenty one.
0: Yeah. Di- so did they did they actually announce this? I may have missed their actual announcement, but I think someone just found this. Is how I interpreted this news coming.
3: Oh, then maybe they were planning on news dumping it when the ball dropped
0: because it came. They filed for it on December twenty third, so. Um. Yeah. It, it's it, the 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 most tone deaf part about it is that it's a like year late. <laughs> oh,
3: wait. Hang on. I think we're talking about different things. I'm talking about the Arizona ban.
0: Oh, 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 oh. They should
3: have news. Dumb. Oh, excuse me.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Excuse me. Excuse me. Correct. Uh, that should have been. They should have waited. That. Yeah. A hundred percent for that. But let me go back to the NCAA thing for a second here they're a year late in the whole like mask awareness thing. Cause that's what they're saying is for, right? Like there's a, not that I'm a doctor or anything of that nature, but like vaccines are being administered and shit. Now there are people in higher powers that say that like, we could have a very normal sports year next year in comparison to this one with fans in the stands and stuff like that. So thank you for wearing or for making wet mask wearing, uh, you know, out in the public and, you know, force the awareness on everybody a year after the pandemic started. Thank you for that NCAA.
3: Yeah. Well, speaking of teams that are actually playing right now, Northwestern and Minnesota got two great victories last week. Again, news dump. Minnesota, You probably missed it, but on Christmas Day, Minnesota beat Iowa, top four team then. Uh, and then Northwestern, who did they play? Northwestern got a good win against Michigan State a couple weeks ago, and now they're ranked number 19. They're playing Iowa on Tuesday night. We'll see how that goes. But the Big Ten, man. This conference is deep as hell. This conference is deeper than a Laney Boggs painting. I love this conference. They're going to end. There's some additional, there's an additional at large bid or an additional spot, I should say, because the Ivy League is not going to have a team go to the tournament. That's probably going to go to a Big Ten team. And in a couple of years, maybe even 10, 20 years down the line, we're going to see. I think the Big Ten set the record for most teams in the NCAA tournament. I think it currently belongs to the big east in like 0809 when they had an absurd amount i genuinely think the big 10 is going to send nine to ten
0: so i wish you would have said they're deeper than lake michigan because it's kind of you know in that area it's the deepest of the great lakes that's fine though i'm totally fine with Ooh, your now i didn't
3: know that is it is yeah. it deeper than the great lakes the, yeah it's the deepest the, great lake
0: yeah it's almost a thousand feet deep uh good nugget Thank you. Uh, Northwestern beat Ohio State this last week as well as the team. you are looking forward there. Uh, Northwestern, good ball club. Minnesota, really good ball club. Marcus Carr is dope. And backing up their uh, major performance from Christmas Day there. I mean, they just beat Michigan State as well uh, yesterday or on Monday. And they smoked Michigan State. 81 to 56 like they didn't this wasn't like an eke it out type of deal they're a nice little ball club up there in in minneapolis or just outside of minneapolis um couple that with the fact that wisconsin lost to maryland as well you're talking about a conference that has an extremely close almost top to almost or top to almost bottom of the conference i think joey brackets has 11 projected um tournament spots for big 10 teams this year um and is that, there a
3: team is there a team that's like definitely not going to make the tournament? I'm trying to, I'm genuinely trying to think. Well, there's 12 teams in the Big 10, right? Right. So I, who's who's that one team that just sucks? Um
0: let me see. It's got to be I'm trying
3: to think off the top of my head.
0: Well, funny enough, like
3: Nebraska. You know, the four, it's Nebraska. There's
0: 14 teams in the Big 10 now, that's right. Shit. Um Michigan State's in last place in the Big 10. They're only 3 in conference. Yeah, that's true. But it's yeah, true. you got uh, Penn State, probably not going to make the tournament. Mm. Uh, Nebraska, and then you're probably 50-50 on teams like Indiana and Maryland. Oh, that's
3: um, crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, if
0: if, if you're if there's an argument to say that Indiana is the worst team in your conference, and I'm not saying they are, but there's a, they're right down there, That's your, your conference is probably pretty good.
3: All right, let's finish it off now with some segments. We're going to go to Where Am I? Where Am I? Where Am I? Where am I? Sabatino Chen. That name wow. will resonate with Yes, that name will resonate with a lot of T-Lokes and a lot of Arizona fans. If as, you if we,
0: as, as if we didn't have enough Arizona on this segment or on this, on I this mean,
3: podcast. I mean, like I said, we spent an hour on Arizona, so we might as well just hammer it home even more. Sabatino Chen, a couple of years ago, he, he was a former Colorado basketball player, went into Tucson, beat. Arizona, when they were a top five team, I think at the buzzer or so he thought it was actually a terrible call. The buzzer beater was waved off, even though we got the shot off prior to triple zeros hitting the clock, Colorado loses, and it's been a thorn in the Buffalo side, especially Tad Boyle ever since which justifiably so they got robbed of that game but sabatino chen is like a folk hero in boulder because of that uh but what is he up to these days where is sabatino chen he works at agility solutions in denver colorado and he works as an experienced consultant and data analyst with a passion for solving problems through analytics so sabatino chen doing some data analysis these days in denver data analysis in denver
0: he uh Apparently was so upset with the Arizona timekeepers not being able to crunch numbers that he decided to go crunch them himself.
3: Not bad, not bad. You're sharp. That's how you jump in. Taylor, any hugs today?
0: Yeah, my hug is going to be for uh, a guy that we both used to love. It's kind of a melancholy hug, let's call that. Let's call it. And that's uh, it's for uh, Caleb Swannigan, who uh, got arrested this last week. Uh, On multiple different charges Mainly it was uh, I believe it was um, Possession of marijuana And uh, He looks like he Is even bigger than a guy Whose nickname was Biggie at this point uh, I I don't know How that all turned out In terms of like his arrest If he's still in jail, anything like that But this guy was in the NBA not that long ago He's only 23 years old Uh, Shoot he was at Purdue not that long ago, really. Um, so my hugs for uh, Caleb Swanigan getting arrested. Not really sure what he's doing with his life nowadays, not crunching numbers with Sabatino, but uh, getting arrested for weed possession.
3: Yeah. It's just a shitty situation, especially because Caleb Swanigan's a guy that re- reconstructed his whole body really uh, growing up, making himself into a great college basketball player. And then an NBA contributor. So you really hope Kayla Swannikin can uh, get back on the rails. If I may make a little bit of a Boilermaker pun there.
0: Oh, I thought it was a drug pun. Uh, He had 3.4 pounds of marijuana on him though. So that's probably a little much to be cruising around town with. I would say.
3: Yeah, come on, Biggie. We're rooting for you, baby. Uh, My hug is for the Chicago State basketball team. They are 0-9 right now, winless, and they basically just said, fuck it, we're done. We're not going to play anymore. They said it was for the health of the team. They want to focus on academics. I totally get that, and I believe them, but they were probably also like, why are we forging through this? Why are we trying to force this? We stink. These players probably aren't having fun. These guys have to go through X amount of protocol screw it let's just call it a season we'll regroup next year so hug for chicago state for uh self awareness really thank you again for listening here uh we will catch you next time on theater in college hoops
1: strippers. Mike, Wilma. Mike
3: Wilma. Bands make her dance bands make her dance
1: bands make her dance bands make her dance bands make, her dance. Bands make- Her dance. Bands are make her dance. All these cheeks popping pussy. I'm just popping bang. Bands are make her dance. Bands are make her dance. These cheeks clapping and they using hands. Bands are make her dance. Bands are make her dance. All these cheeks popping pussy. I'm just popping bang. Bands are make her dance. Bands are make her dance. Let's get it. And they ain't using hands Sure, her like me alone Loose one she don't need alone She start twerking when she hear a song Strip up all her income We get tripping and then some So nasty when she rolling She put that ass off in my hands I remote control it She give me down when the roof gone the K.O.D. she leave with me She got friends, bring three I got drugs, I got drank. Bend it over, Juicy J gon' poke it like wet paint you say no to ratchet pussy. You see Jay can't, can't, Racks they showing racks. I'm throwing racks in the VIP. Rubber on, I'm stretching that. Rich niggas tipping, broke niggas looking. And it ain't a strip club if they showing pussy. Bands are make her dance, bands are make her dance. All these cheeks popping pussy. I'm just popping bang Bands will make her dance, bands are make her dance. These cheats clapping And they ain't using hands Bands will make her dance Bands will make her dance hey, All these cheats popping pussy I'm just popping bang Bands will make her dance Bands are make, make her dance These cheats clapping And they ain't using hands uh, Pop that pussy for real nigga Pull out my black card. That's my lil nigga Make a movie with your bitch Steven Spiel nigga Smoking on quiche, cold, give me chills, nigga. What's your real name? And not your stripper name. I make it rain on you like a window pane. Dance and make her dance. You make her come hit it from the side like a motherfucking bass drum Two hoes on one fucking pole, two hoes on my fucking pole I don't tip, I pay bills, bitches call me buffalo Her stomach and her ass out, I'm flyer than the ones they pass out If money grown trees, I branched out I'm just waiting for my bitch to cash out Bands will make her now, dance. dance, bands will make her dance, dance. All these cheeks popping pussy, I'm just, just popping bang. Bands that make her dance, Fans that make her dance These chiefs clapping and they using hands Bands that make her dance, Fans are make her dance All these cheeks popping pussy, I'm just popping bang Fans are make her dance, Fans are make her dance These chiefs clapping and they using hands to change down, foul price, price. Let me see that ass clap. Standing old face bro. If your girl don't swallow kids, man, that whole face. Ooh. Got two bitches with me. Take a shot at one hole. of one hoe. Use her friend for a chase. Go. Fans will make you bust. bust. Let me see you touch it. Touch. Money talk. You ain't got no end or discussion. Science. Fans will make you do it. Do it. Pocket full of money. Money. Young nigga get head wider and just run it. Ah. Let me see you. Do it for oh, a real nigga I be laughing to the fake All you do is giggle uh, Ballin' in my coupe Call it sports car Drop the top and freaking treat that bitch just like a porn star Bands are make her dance Bands are make her dance All these chicks popping pussy I'm just poppin' bang Bands are make her dance Bands are make, make her dance These chicks clappin', And they using hands Bands are make her dance Bands will make her dance, all these cheeks poppin' pussy, I'm just poppin' bang. bands are make her dance, bands are make her dance, these cheeks clappin', and they ain't usin' hands.